Hello everyone, this is Lynn Stacy with the Victoriously Anointed Podcast. I am so glad that you could join me for today's episode. Get ready for a treat. Hello everyone and welcome to the Victoriously Anointed Podcast with me, Lynn Stacy. I am so excited to have Miss Lynette Matt Skills Davis on the podcast today. Um, can you say hello to everybody? So um, I'm going to read you a little bit of her bio before we get started and then we're going to go ahead and go into the interview phase, okay? So this is, um, God met me where I was, would be how Matt Skills would describe her encounter. She grew up in church, but wandered away when she lost her mother. She moved around a lot and wasn't sure she wanted anything to do with God or God's people until God was all she had left. In a dark room in an apartment, she spoke to God for the first time in a long time saying, I have no reason to live anymore. God, if you don't take my life, I'm going to take my life. She accepted Christ that night. She believes God has saved her to show others he would meet them where they are too. Everyone, welcome Miss uh, Mad Skills Davis. <laughs> um, so from that, just that little short portion of your bio, uh, that little just short portion of it just lets me know that it, it, it lets me know that there's a story there that you have like a very real testimony about how God can change your life. And I'm, I'm super excited about getting into the questioning phase of everything. Do you have anything that you wanted to say? Um, other than I'm excited to be here. Um, thank you for reaching out. This is, uh, this is beautiful. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Awesome. I'm actually going to start with, um, before we get into kind of like the, the whole basis of your testimony, I want to start with, when did writing first begin for you? Um, funny story. I actually started writing when I was really, really young. So I know around, I think the youngest I can remember is around six. Um, so I couldn't afford to buy my parents like birthday gifts. So what I would do is I would write them poems, cards, like thank you notes. And that's kind of where it all started. Oh, that's so. sweet. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that's sweet. So when did you, uh, when did you reach that point when you first realized that, okay, this is more than just something I'm good at, but gifted to do? Um, definitely in church. So, you know, in church, when you're younger, they always have like the Easter speeches or like speeches for like the pastor's anniversary or something like that. And I never really had anything to that I wrote myself at that time. So they would always give us speeches to, to read. And I just had a passion for for reading at the time. I didn't even know I really had a passion for speaking, but just for reading in general. And I've always been animated. so. That's kind of where it all started. Okay. <laughs> it's good to know. <laughs> so how, um, now we're going to kind of get into how old were you when you uh, lost your mother? I was 14. I was a freshman in high school. Okay, yeah. you were 14. And where was your father at, at the time? Was your father uh, me don't really have that great of a relationship. Um, my stepfather at the time was was present and he had been present since I was about one years old so he was really there so you have a close relationship with your stepfather still or uh, not anymore crazy enough when my mom passed away my stepfather kind of we all kind of like went our separate ways he kind of vanished after that so okay. yeah just just trying to make sure that I understand your story before I get into too much of my question. So, uh, why did that cause you to? Why did that cause you to stray away from God? Um. So I I grew up in church, of course. My grandmother was the one that kind of started everything when it came to church for her grandkids. Like we were always at grandma's house. She was when we went to church, we were always with her, and. My mom eventually got saved and we started going to church every Sunday as well. And um, after my mom passed away, the church that I was going to, um, they kind of, they weren't really there. 
after that. You know how if, if somebody passes away, people are there for like a short period of time. And then after maybe a month or so, a couple months go by, people kind of go back to their regular lives. Yeah. So we were really young, like me, my brother, my brother was 15, I was 14. And we kind of, from there, everything changed and people stopped reaching out. And um, they knew us from like babies, like baby babies. So I didn't, I didn't understand it after a while. I didn't really understand death that much either. So my church family to me was my family. And um, I didn't hear from them anymore after that, really. So it wasn't even the fact that your mother passed, but it was also not only in the passing of your mother, but also how kind of like this body that you consider to be your family, um, that they didn't really respond in the in a way that was kind of, uh, I would say in a way that was, that showed that they care that this happened to you is what you're, it's kind of like what makes you stray away from God. I'm just, because yeah. sometimes people do feel that way and it's, it's, it's so, um, it's so good for us to understand and to know like just different people's stories and testimonies as to um, their journey with God and how God helped them to recover and, and get back to where they, where they, uh, where they can trust him and not just put trust in people. So, uh, did you, um, I know you talked a little bit about your stepfather, but did you, have you ever met like your biological father or do you know anything about him? dad was in my life um very rarely though so I knew him I knew who he was I know where he was he just wasn't present um of course I've seen him he wasn't a terrible guy he just struggled a lot with substance abuse and um that was kind of why we never really had a relationship my mom kind of tried to shelter us from that lifestyle um so he kind of chose, he chose his life and that's what he wanted to do at the time. So he wasn't really a part of mine. Okay. And and the reason why I'm asking you these questions is because based on your, based on your bio, I know that um, you said that you were kind of wondering from place to place. And so do you ever wonder like how your, might, your life might have been different? Like sometimes, like let's say if your father was there or like if both your parents were there or just the other wonder like um, what, how it might've been different. Would you, do you think you would have been moving around as much as you did? And what was it like for you having to move from place to place? So I, I always lived with someone that I knew, um, whether it be family. Um, I don't know why it didn't last that long as a, as a teenager. So I've, I've lived with my sister. I live with aunts and uncles. I live with friends of the family. And this is when I was really young. So I didn't have, like, I grew up um, in a stable household. I grew up very sheltered. And then it's like, after my mom passed away, I experienced life on a different level. And I wasn't as protected or as sheltered. Um, if my father was in my life, I'm not exactly sure how how different it would have been. Um, now, if he wasn't on drugs and he was in my life, then that may have been a different story. But uh, I'm not. I'm not necessarily sure how how different it would have been. But I think it would have it would have played a different role. Um, and I don't want to make it seem like I didn't know who my father was. I've lived with my dad as well, and um, this was after my mom passed away, and that was when I moved to Arkansas. Um, I was living with my biological dad and my stepmom at the time. And uh, I'll say I was really living with my stepmom because my dad wasn't really in the household as much either. But that's how I got to Arkansas, which that probably would be like later on in the story, maybe. <laughs> oh, no, it's it's fine. Come on, share what you was. Everyone's laying on your heart right now. Go ahead and share. <laughs> yeah, trust me. It'll, it'll be all right. So I originally I'm from which is where I am right now. I've come back home um, after being away for a few years. But I lived in Florida, born and raised here. Um, how I ended up in Arkansas, I that was after I lost my mom and I was living with my aunt and uncle at the time. And my aunt found my dad and she was like, hey, you need to take care of your daughter. Like your daughter's here. She's living with me, but you have a responsibility and you need to take care of her. And at the time, my dad wasn't, 
from my understanding in the right state of mind to take care of me. So the only other place that I had to go was to move to a totally different state. And it was a culture shock for me to move from Florida to Arkansas. And so. the- <laughs> it was it was a big shock because I lived um I didn't live in Pine Bluff. I lived in in Moscow, like the country. I had a <laughs> wooden house. Um, there was a big field. There was a cotton field on one side, a bean field on the other side. And this was completely different from city living for me. And there was like really nobody else out there. So the only really time I had an opportunity to meet people was at school. So when I was at school, I, you know, met some new friends. And when I came home, it was me, my dad, my stepmom, and whoever lived in the house. Um, but Arkansas changed a lot for me. Even though it was a culture shock, I lived there for about two years. I've been back since. Um, I have a goddaughter that's that's there. So I've been back since. But uh, it was definitely a big culture shock. But it wasn't... <laughs> back I, i've been back so i actually do love <laughs> <laughs> yeah arkansas is i'm pretty sure landlocked and um you out there by the ocean yeah that that hasn't been a cultural shock <laughs> but i love my arkansas i love florida too but i love my arkansas <laughs> but um so in a culture shock and like is it just like because of like the difference in the city living or was it like a culture shock because you had to, was it adjusting to the environment? What Like what was the, the culture shock type of, uh, what was that like? We don't have all four seasons here. Like I've, I've never seen snow until <laughs> I moved. And my stepmom, she was like, you might want to, I remember it was going to snow one year and she was like, you might want to change your shoes. And I was like, it's, I don't think it's going to be that bad. She's like, okay. And I remember the bus that actually dropped me off. It didn't drive me to my house. Like it dropped me off because I'm in Moscow. So like there's a long, long street and it's not a street. It's a road because it's, <laughs> it's a, which is what it is. It's a dirt it's country. <laughs> yeah. So the bus literally dropped me off at the intersection of the highway from the road. And I had to walk to the house, which was at least about a mile and a half away. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and I was wearing bands. Like, and I was like, these are definitely the wrong shoes. I should have listened. <laughs> yeah. I, and I had to literally like defrost my feet once I got in the house. So it was it was moments like that. I was like, it doesn't snow in Florida, like where I'm at, because I'm from South Florida, so I'm closer to Miami. And that was a difference for me. And I'm like, everybody's really nice here. Down here, they're not as nice. And I'm like, I t- I took that with me. Like I'm nicer to people now. But yeah, it was it was different. But I do love it. I definitely love the country. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, you're um, we're gonna go into like um, a piece of your bio, and so you're alone in this dark room in a dark place um, in your life. Why reach for God? What in that moment made you reach from for God and ask for help? Um, I didn't have anything else, and I I know that may sound to some people that may sound really bad. Like, okay, you come to God when you like down to nothing. But it's like, even there, I realized that God will literally like come in those spaces with us and meet us and say, hey, I'm I'm here too. Like I'm here, I'm here when you're, I'm with you when you're here. I'm here when you're, I'm with you when you're at your lowest, when you're at your highest, like I'm always there and I've always been there. And um, I was at the lowest point of my life and I didn't have anything else. Like I didn't, I didn't have any other reasons why I wanted to, to really live because I had moved around from different family members. I felt rejected. I didn't feel loved. Um, not the way, of course, my mom loved me, and I was seeking for that at fourteen. I'm, you know, 
born and raised living with her, living with my stepdad, I know what love actually feels like. And to not have that anymore. And I was like, God, I, I know that I, I don't know if you hear me. And that's what I like. That's how I started. Like, I don't know if you hear me. I don't know if you see me. I feel forgotten. I don't feel like anybody cares. And I'm just like, I don't know what else to do. So I just remember, um, I just remember um, the scripture, trust in God with all your, your heart, lean not into your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. And that was the scripture that like literally popped into my mind. And I started to pray for the first time in a while. Cause I've been moving around trying to figure things out on my own. And I think, and I know, I'm not going to say, I think, I know that's when we start to, to feel some separation when we start to try to do things without God and okay, we're doing it for him, but we're not doing it with him. And I started trying to live my life because I'm like, I got to survive out here. And I started thinking like, okay, I'm in survival mode. So I went to God and I was like, God, I'm not, I'm not surviving out here. I'm, I'm literally falling apart. And I'm, I'm at the lowest point of my life. I'm depressed. I'm miserable. I'm not happy. And nobody sees that I'm like, nobody can really see me. So my grandmother drug me to church when I was a child. My mom took me to church when I was young. And I was always a child that was interested in listening like I never was one of those kids that wanted to play and joke around like I always was writing notes or I wanted to hear like what is this God thing what are you talking about and I'm just like I know what I heard and I know I've felt you before so like I know you didn't just leave me here to die so I, I that was all I had and I went to I went for what I knew and that night, that moment, like literally changed everything for me. How did it change everything for you? Um, so at the time, I was living with my sister at the time. And we, I didn't know my sister was moving out of her apartment. So I, I never really told people like the full story of everything because I have a better relationship with my sister. And we've actually never even talked about this. But um, this is what really put a strain on me and my sister's relationship. So I was living with my sister at the time. And at the time I had to have been about 18 or 19 years old at the time. And now imagine me, I'm bouncing around for you know four or five years of my life and not having any stability and not really knowing what I wanna do and uh, trusting people and people letting me down. So living with my sister at the time, my sister was moving out of her apartment and I didn't know. I had no idea. She didn't tell me anything. So I came home one day, the lights were out. Her and the kids were gone, but their stuff was still there. Hmm. So I'm, I'm there. I have a key. So I'm coming in and out, um, in and out of the apartment. I'm, you know, I know she works. The kids are at school. I had just lost my job. And um, I didn't have a phone, so I couldn't get in contact with her. And I don't know where they're at, but I'm like, obviously they're not gone because their stuff is still here, but I'm not seeing anybody else come home. So I, uh, I remember her coming home one day with a couple of her friends and she asked me, she's like, what are you doing here? And I was like, what do you mean? What am I doing here? Like, I live here. I'm living here with you. Like, where have you been? So she's like, oh, me and the kids were leaving. But where we're going, there's no room for you. So mm -hmm. I, at that moment, after I've been bouncing around for the last four years, I finally get to a place to where I feel like, okay, I kind of can figure some stuff out here. Like you're my sister and I can figure it out here. But um, I ended up having to called the last person that I stayed with which was my aunt so I called my aunt and I said auntie like I, I need to come back because my sister's leaving 
um, her apartment and I can't, I can't stay with her wherever she's going. So my aunt was like, um, all right, fine. So my sister and her friends dropped me off to my aunt's house and I'm there. This was around Father's Day. And I remember it because we went to church the next morning. So we went to church the next morning. My aunt and uncle were both ministers. My aunt was a minister. My uncle was, uh, he was also a minister because I remember him being like a deacon or something before that. But he was also a minister. And I get back home later on that night after church. And my aunt asked me the question. She was like, so what are you going to do? And I knew at that moment that what are you going to do meant that I couldn't stay. Like I couldn't stay with her. I had been with her for a while. And I remember her telling me, your uncle is retiring. You know, he's finally retiring and we don't want anybody in the house because we're going on vacation. And she kept saying that for months before I moved out. So I ended up, that's how I ended up with my sister. When my aunt told me that, I eventually called my sister and she let me stay with her. So when my sister said she was leaving her apartment without me knowing, I ended up having to call my aunt back. And when my aunt hit me with the, so what are you going to do? I said, you know what, just take me back. Just take me back to my sister's house. Um, I still have a key. I knew there was there was no lights, no hot water, no none of that. I said, just take me back. I didn't want to deal with it anymore. And at that moment, um, my aunt and uncle took me to a Walgreens. They bought me some candles and a flashlight. And I went back upstairs. They dropped me off at my sister's house. And um, I was like, okay, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing now. So that night, I, um, I remember talking to God. And that was the moment where I was like, God, I'm, I'm I don't know what's going on. And in that moment was when I, I reached out to God and I felt a peace that I had never felt in a long time or that I haven't ever felt in my life. Like I felt the peace and I felt like for the first time in a while, I wasn't by myself. Awesome. awesome. Thank you so much for um, sharing that with us. And um, that- I know that was a yeah, it was a lot, but I was I was taking in what you were saying, just um, not even knowing that, you know, what to expect. And that kind of was like sprung on you at the last minute, just and then having to go back to a place that you kind of was pushed out of um, and just but it's, it's what's amazing to me is it's just like we're, when we're in our darkest and lowest moments, somehow we find a way to just kind of we just get tired and we sit still and it's like there. God is finally like, I've been waiting for you. And so I feel like <laughs> there in that moment. <laughs> and so like, what has that journey of healing been like for you? After finally realizing, God, you are the one that I can truly depend on to help me through life. Like, what has that journey been like with you since you've been on your journey with God? It's crazy that after that prayer, I, before that, I remember seeing my aunt on my mom's side. I hadn't seen her since my mom's funeral. And I told her what was going on. And because she came over to help my sister move. And I was like, how'd you, did you know all of this was going on? She's like, yes, your sister called me like a week ago. I said, a week ago? I just found this out like last night. So I asked my aunt and she's like, I don't have any room but I'm going to call your cousin. And I remember when I prayed to God that night and I said, God, wherever you send me from here, I said, send me somewhere where people actually love you and they, they're going to love me too. And they're not like, I don't, I won't feel like I'm by myself. Like send me, send me somewhere where people actually are going to care about me and not pity me, but see me as a person and and they're going to pray with me pray for me and when i tell you god definitely answered prayer and it was in that moment i ended up the next day i think it was the next day or the day after that my aunt came over cuz she was helping my sister move and she was like pack up your stuff um i called your cousin and she said you can stay with her 
Awesome. <laughs> like at the time, my cousin, I like we all grew up together. Like we all were at my grandmother's house as children, but I hadn't seen my cousin since my mom's funeral. And even before that, since we were children. So um, she said, yeah. And I moved in with my cousin and her husband. And at the time they had three, three kids. And yet, yeah, at the time they had three children and my, her husband had two other, other children. So it was like five kids in total. Um, and I lived with them. And I remember my cousin asking me, um, she's like, so what do you want to do? And at the time, my boyfriend, who is my husband now, um, he was going off to school. Like he went off to South Carolina to go to college. And he came back this summer and he was like, yo, you should apply. And I was like, I, eh. I thought about going off to school, but I was like, I don't, coming from where I'm coming from with everything that's happening, I was like, I don't have a whole lot of support and I don't have any money to just go off to school. And he's like, you never know, just go ahead and apply, apply for financial aid, just get away from here. So um, I remember at the time we went to the library and this was in like 20, 2010. So we ended up going to the library and um, I applied. And I didn't know my cousin's address at the time. The only address I could remember was my aunt's address. So I sent all of the, the information for school to my aunt's address. So I ended up having to go back to my aunt's house after everything and go pick up my college acceptance letter because they actually accepted me to go off to um, the school. Awesome. So from that moment of accepting Christ in my sister's apartment in the back room to saying, all right, God, I don't, I, I don't, I'm going to give you my entire life. I, I can't, I can't deal with this everything that of trying to figure everything out on my own. So I fully accept you and I want you to do whatever it is that you had plans on doing from the beginning. And all I had at the time was my faith. I was like, God, I believe you can do amazing things. And anything that I've prayed for, God was walking me into it. He was, he was, he already accepted me and he was li literally leading and guiding me into these things. And it changed from there, but I didn't know how much like internal healing I needed from everything. So I think COVID played a big part in, in that, like my mental health and stuff like that. Um, but ever since then, I've been just, trusting God to lead and guide me and that's been where I've been understanding like you've been here the whole time the whole time from losing my mom to just everything you've been here the entire time like you never forgot about me that's so awesome. and it, and uh, what I'm hearing you saying too and just in what you're saying and just hearing your testimony is what you're recognizing is is that not only have you been going on a, a healing journey with God, is that you're still allowing God to take you on that journey. And so, um, yeah, <laughs> you're still allowing him to take you on the journey and discovering and discovering that he's right there. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. I'm literally, even though I've grown so much, I'm realizing that Every now and again, life takes me back to that moment of feeling like, God, you're everything I have. Like, that's, you're all I have. Even though you're blessing me with everything that I'm praying for and even stuff that I could not even imagine, you're literally all I have in the midst of all of this. So that's, that's where my faith is. That's my foundation. And wherever God takes me from here, like, I'm, I'm along for the ride. Awesome. So I remember, I remember when, um, when I first heard you do a poem, I was like, oh, M, 
Gee, <laughs> we're gonna go back to the right. <laughs> I remember when I first heard you do a poem at school, I was like, No, this joker did not. She's been holding back on us. <laughs> I was like, No, she didn't. But when I began to uh, I realized that you know, your story and stuff, and I'm just like, Did that kind of play a part into like the performance of like why you can bring all this stuff out? It's like you just do you leave it all out there because of like the pain? Like what what like how does it all mesh together? Like <laughs> before I before I got saved, I was doing poetry. Um before before I, I got saved. But before I, I started believing in God and I got saved, I used my gift of creativity once I found that I actually had it. I used that um as an outlet. So around the time I met you and I was in Arkansas, I was using it as an outlet. But I still wasn't too far away from my faith. Like I still knew who God was. I understood all that. I trusted, I believed in him even then, but I was still using it as an outlet because I had a lot of pain and there was some anger there. And I felt like I was misunderstood. So I used it as as an outlet. That was that was that was all I had. And I knew that. I wasn't always listened to because I was the youngest of my mom's kids. I was a baby. So, you know, people kind of brush, brush you off as a kid. But as I got older, I was like, people are actually paying attention to what I'm saying. And it's not a cry for help. It's me using what I have to just express myself fully. And that's where it all came from. That's where it still comes from, is me being able to express myself fully. Awesome. Um, so this, um, if we have to cut off on here a little bit, because um, I'm, we're doing a Zoom. And so um, do you mind if we go come back with another Zoom and like finish the interview? I'm here. <laughs> awesome. awesome. Just want to make sure. So like, um, how has like writing evolved for you since then? Like, are you like with the poetry thing? Cause I've seen you on some of your pages rapping. I've seen you doing like, I'm not sure if you still are doing your podcast. I'm just like, how has like writing just evolved to, for you and turned into this? It seems like it's ministry for you. And so I'm just like, can you express it, <laughs> express it a little bit? Um, so from the time I started actually like really taking it seriously in like middle school, high school, college, more people um, got the opportunity to meet more people and more creative. But I knew I knew where my help came from. And my help always came from my faith. Like it came from, from God. Like that's where everything stemmed from. Like I don't, if I could go back in my life, like I wouldn't change anything. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to rewrite it because it's it's already been my steps have already been ordered. So God giving me this, this gift uh, to be able to express myself, giving me this gift to be able to, to write and not just express myself, but to help others through whatever it is that they're going through. Because I realize that a lot of people don't always talk about their struggles. They kind of like, okay, I've made it. So I'm going to tell you this story of me making it. I'm not going to tell you the backstory. So I use that as we don't talk about this enough. And everybody's not balling. Everybody ain't flossing. Some of us out here really living regular lives. And <laughs> some of us out here living regular lives. And somebody needs to be able to talk to people that's living regular lives that's still healing from either like childhood trauma or still healing from stress and still you know, figuring some stuff out, healing from depression and stuff like that. Like, as a believer, we need to be able to talk about this stuff. Like, we need to be able to to discuss this stuff. So, I started using um, I started using my poetry into creating songs because that was I always wrote songs, but I never really took it seriously because I was like, this don't sound that great. So. <laughs> It's bad. It's really, really bad. But um, I remember in 2017, I just went for it and I created my first mixtape, like from nothing. I 
from scratch. I was like, I'm I'm gonna do it. And I ran with it. So from there I've created my first mixtape and also an EP that I released last year. So it's still evolving. What's up? Has the victoriously anointed podcast been a blessing to you? I bet it can bless someone else too. You have the ability to share the podcast with a friend. Head over to the social media page at Lynn Stacy Studios and follow. And click the link in the description box to purchase encouraging gear. All this and more. Now let's head back to the show. Okay, we are back with part two of the interview. And um, we're going to... Um, Keep on going on with asking some questions. And we were talking about just um, your journey with poetry and how writing has involved for you. And um, the question that I have for you, um, thinking about what writing has, uh, how writing has evolved for you. Also, where do you suspect that God is taking you with your writing? Or what do you want him to take you with it? Where do you want to go with it? Um. So I am in the process of starting to work on my third project when it comes to like my music. Um, I would like to definitely add more poetry to it or have like a double kind of project, one poetry, more music. So I'm hoping to be able to be in arenas talking to people, even if it's not just my writing, but just speaking in general to people and kind of just encouraging people. Um, yeah, I'm hoping that I could. Yeah. So that you can what? No, I'm I'm just hoping that I'll be able to, you know, reach more people with uh with my gift. Why do you want to reach people with your gift? Why is it so important to you? Um honestly I grew up and I I'll tell you a story. I, I have okay. a story for you. So I remember when um I was in the Times class for art. And that's kind of where everything started at Pine Bluff was was her. And she took me across the hall to another teacher and I did the poem for them. And they um yeah, that's that where it all started. <laughs> <laughs> so between Ms. Hines and Ms. Collins, like they kind of like started that whole thing. And I remember I told Ms. Hines, I was like, I don't draw. It's like I'm I don't think I'm gonna pass your class. <laughs> like I'm <laughs> drawing. I was like, but I am. I was like, I can speak though. And she, you know how Miss Hines, okay, okay. Well, go ahead, let me hit you. And it kind of went from there. And I remember doing the poem for the class and everybody lost it. Mm -hmm. And I, first time I ever did the poem in front of like a group of my peers, because I was used to doing it at church. So, and then she, okay, we got to go next door. So she took me across to Miss Collins and um then she was like y'all gotta hear this y'all gotta hear this so I did it to, for Miss Collins class and I remember them finding me in the next like my next class that I went to they actually bought me back to Miss Hines class I'm like yo I'm in class they brought me back and then they <laughs> back to Miss it's like okay you could go back to class now and I was like dude that's crazy so I um I do remember we were having uh, a poetry. Um, it wasn't a contest. It was a poetry slam at school. And this was like the first one. Um, and I remember I was doing a poem at the time. I was living with my stepmom and my dad. And I was doing a poem about um, just my life and where I was at at the time. And I mentioned something about my dad's addiction. And Ms. Hines was like, well, we want all the parents to show up. So I think you should do a different one. And that was the first time I felt like my gift was being like silenced for a second. And I understand, like, I understand now where she was coming from, but it was, it was the truth. And it wasn't anything that was like too off the wall. Like I wasn't disrespecting him or anything. I was just speaking about how the addiction, how it played a role in my life which I never talked about because nobody really ever gave me the opportunity to talk about it. So I, um, she was like, I think you should do a different poem. And my dad was upset. He was like, I'm not coming. I'm not going to show up if you do that. And I was like, yikes. 
but this is my my way of actually having some type of freedom and that's what I felt like like I felt like my poetry was my safe space it was freedom for me it made me feel like I was finally at home somewhere and um when that happened I ended up reverting back to the poem that I did which was Imagine Me um for her the first time and for Miss Collins and um I said to myself that day I said I'll never I never want to feel this way again like I never ever want to feel like I'm being silenced in with my that I'm creating myself I never want to feel like I'm I'm being silenced so from that day forward I was like I'm never being silenced again. Like I, I never wanted to write words that were offensive or disrespectful to anybody, but I wanted the freedom to be able to speak my mind. It was your voice. It was your voice yeah. that you, yeah. I definitely understand that because sometimes <laughs> you said what now? I feel like I didn't, I didn't have it at that, at that moment. I didn't have that opportunity. So that was what really made me want to talk to more people and kind of be able to express myself in that way awesome awesome and you know that obviously you know that that wasn't the intent but even though the intent wasn't there it still made it still doesn't you know erase the fact that you felt like you were being silenced because I feel like even as an artist like that's something that that's why that's why we write that's why we talk that's why you express yourself is because you want to be heard and not silenced and the way that you choose to like create in like a safe space within that words and then to choose to share, um, it, it means something. <laughs> so I completely understand. For my words, I created it. It's like a journal. Like I'm writing this down in a book. Nobody's reading this, but I'm I'm building up enough courage to be able to say it in front of people. And it's like, no, don't do that. So I'm like, yikes. So when do I get the opportunity to kind of, when do I get to say it? So, but yeah, that's exactly how it feels. Since we're talking about poetry and stuff like that, without going away too far from it, because I have like a couple more questions before we close out, but do you have, <laughs> do you have anything that you can share with us on today? Or do you just want them to go check your channel out? <laughs> I like how you kind of slip that in there. Um, so this poem was, I guess I can go back to the very beginning of, of kind of where we, where we started. Um, cause it's, it's crazy that you, you actually remember, um, remember this poem or remember me from, yeah. from poetry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not tell our age, but high school was a minute ago, but, um, <laughs> Hey, you, that means you left an impression on me. You left an impression on a lot of people that day. <laughs> like, dude, what? High school. But, um, so I, I can do like a snippet of Imagine Me. I'm hoping I can remember all of this because I haven't done it in a while, but this isn't even on YouTube, which I need to go ahead and put it on there. Um, so it says, Imagine Me trying to get out, right? away from the critics and statistics try not to get caught up in the mix imagine me trying to fit in but not trying to give in to peer pressure so that means I won't sit in or sit down during the test of confusion imagine me trying to learn earn on my own terms because my friends want to go left but I want to go right you see I don't want to be under the average bar of being black I don't need the 26 inch rims of the big paper stacks and no education Chasing after another person's dream and making things seem as though it's not what it is. You see, I want my life to be different from the world. I don't want to grow up too fast and become a mother and still be a little girl. Imagine me growing up, not blaming my parents for every mistake. I think twice before I take a risk. Said I would never take a risk too high for me to balance because I know if I mess up, I have to deal with the consequence. Imagine me getting saved, right? The Lord changing my ways, right? I put my trust in the Lord before I try to change the game. He straightens me up. He loves me tough. I get on my knees before things get rough. And I remember his name before the roughness occur. You see, I'm ready to be purged, be it merged, larger than any other statistics ego. 
My Lord decides which way I'm going to go. My God decides on whether it's a jump ball or a free throw. Said, I, you would never take me under and think I will sink because now I can swim and now I can think one arm after another, kick my feet until I get to my destination. Imagine me getting to my destination. Can you imagine this? Or is your whole mind frame about me trying to prosper gone? But if it is, step over and watch the Lord work on his own. Imagine. Awesome. <laughs> the fact that I heard that from high school, that's crazy. I haven't done it in since college, to be honest. No, a little bit after college. Yeah. In like a couple years. It's been a while. But wow. But it's in there. Awesome. I appreciate you for sharing that on the on the podcast. I do, I do. <laughs> and I don't think <clears throat> I think I want <clears throat> to ask one more question um, before we um, get ready to get started. I'm sorry, there's a, like a little bit of a disturbance. I'm gonna get up for just a second from the interview I, um, to just make sure. <laughs> Sorry about that. What would you say to someone? I, I just, I think, well, for me, like when you say your poetry and different things like that, you can really feel what you're saying. And so um, I I really do appreciate you for sharing and snap, 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 because you remembered it. <laughs> um, even though, <laughs> even though you were nervous about it. <laughs> where can, um, before I get into like um, the, the final question, where can, um, where can someone go if they want to like get more of your music, learn more about your poetry and different things like that? Can you give like a, do you have a website or something like that that they can specifically go to um, to link in with you? I'm going to say first, they can go to my social media. You can definitely find Instagram. Um, Instagram will tell you everything you need to know and it will lead you to everywhere you got to go to find me. Um, my Instagram is I am Mad Skills. That's I A M, and then Mad Skills is M A D D S K I L L Z. Um, and then you can also go to my YouTube channel, which you can also find that in the the link in my bio. Um, it'll take you to my YouTube channel, my Facebook, my Instagram. Um, my podcast is on there. Also, everything, just everything you need to know, you'll definitely find on Instagram. Go on Instagram, okay? That's where it's at. <laughs> I got you. Don't worry. I am Mad Skills. That's skills ending with a Z, not an S, okay? <laughs> I'm angry. M A D D. Cool beans. <laughs> cool beans. And so, what would you say to someone who may, um, maybe like struggling to write their own story before we go I want you to kind of leave a, a piece of however you want to leave it um what would you say to someone who may be struggling um, with their own story to encourage them um I'd say God has to be your foundation like God will God is the only way that I can be able to honestly tell my story um and in its entirety like with the pain overcoming that overcoming frustration overcoming everything like God has to be your foundation and when you think about your story don't look at it in a negative way especially if you're like you're still here that's one thing you are still here you're still kicking God is still blessing you with time he's still blessing you with life, health, strength, he's still blessing you. Um, take that and and look at it as a positive and allow God to, to take you as far as he wants to. Because it's, it's greater than him taking you is, is greater than anything you could really imagine. Um, but take your full story in its entirety. Like we didn't even talk about just my childhood and just a lot of stuff that I experienced even then but don't fear what you've gone through take it and see it as this is actually this has made me who I am and God loved me enough to give me a story to be able to talk to other people about and to encourage other people 
and run with it. Run with that. Run with that. Everything you need is in him. Awesome. I um I I I can appreciate your words. Uh everything that you need is in him and the fact that you can whatever you've been through in life, you know, don't look at the negative in it, but see how God can work out the positive in it. I I um I appreciate your words and I'm pretty sure someone else would appreciate your words as well. Um I'm gonna go ahead and we're gonna um I always end the interviews with a prayer. Um do you still have your podcast? Is that also do you still, huh? Um podcast i have not been doing visuals but i'm still doing audio like i still have my podcast still out there um so you can also go on my instagram and it'll send you that link that's in the bio my instagram will show you everything okay so if you guys are if you're looking for another podcast that you can follow spark something right it sparks something new wait what's it give it to Uh, me more time it's what spark something the spark something the Spark Something podcast. Make sure you look that up on Spotify and uh, Spotify and other everywhere. Okay, awesome. And make sure you go on the Instagram page. I am Matt Skills. Um, if you want to um, learn more about like the different things that she offers, um, according to her writing and speaking and performing, um, we I pray nothing but the best. For I really do, and I pray that God continues to heal and bless and really just allow you to be a beacon of light and hope um, in ways that you never thought possible. I really do. I really do. I feel like there's more to your story, like you said, that you're not maybe sharing. And so I feel like God is still writing it. God is still allowing it to be written. So um, I'm going to go ahead and we're going to, do you have something else to say? Because we're going to, I'm going to go ahead and end this podcast with a prayer. Before we go, do you have anything else? Okay. No, thank you for for inviting me. I, I want to say that again. Thank you. Thank Most you. Definitely. Most definitely. We're going to. So, um, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord God, for your love. We thank you for your strength. We thank you, Lord God, for giving us wisdom, God, and just um, allowing us to be able to get everything out that needed to be said in this podcast. We ask, Lord God, that you would just allow us to be beacons of hope, Lord God, and just shine your light and your love, Lord God, or brighten our hearts, Lord God. Bless the surrounding environment and the atmosphere around us, Lord God, and just continue to just allow people, Lord God, that you have destined to be a part of whatever it is that you're doing, Lord God, to be a part, Lord God, and allow us to have open minds and hearts and ears to receive whatever it is that you have for us. You are the great Father, and there is none like you in all the earth. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. I pray it was a blessing to you. If you're interested in being on the show or advertising with the Victoriously Anointed podcast, please contact me on my social media pages at Lynn Stacy Studios on Facebook or Instagram. You can also reach me, Studios at gmail.com. I pray that you will go forward and be blessed. And remember, we were predestined in Christ Jesus for good works.